Hey, everybody. Welcome to Social Beauty Makers, the podcast, where every Wednesday we'll bring you fast-paced, powerful 15 or so minute episodes meant to inform, educate, and inspire around a variety of topics, including trends in all things tech for the professional salon industry. I'm Gordon Miller, your podcast host. A quick reminder that on Sundays, where I have spent many, many years putting podcasts out, I'm still doing it, but under a different title, you can find me hosting BeautyCast Network's Mastering Beauty, a podcast featuring brilliant guests sharing their best advice on building sustainable and successful careers and a personal career update. If, in case you missed it, I am now CEO and president of BeautyCast Network, but Social Beauty Makers continues as a passion project, so I ain't going away. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and let's get started. I'm going to talk about something different than tech, but a quick note about it. And specifically, one of my favorite topics, artificial intelligence. And I've got to make two kind of quick notes here. Um, first off, I'm trying to keep track of it. Oh, my gosh. It's in everything, everywhere, all at once. A reminder of the movie. Um, so who the heck knows what's next? But Oh my gosh, there are so many tools popping up. I can't even keep up with them. Um, some reviews coming because they're throwing so much stuff at us that it all can't be good. And, and we need to find ourselves always with everything we do, especially in our careers and work. We got to find ourselves to the good stuff. And I hope to, to be helpful in doing that going forward. Also of great interest when it comes to, to AI specifically. I think the most interesting thing that is really happening besides, again, a flood of, of all kinds of stuff relative to various platforms and various ways to using it, but really is, is amazing is kind of the size and the, and, and the speed of processing, um, the stuff that's behind everything that we do. And interestingly, I found a chart that shows that since March of this year, that the size of stuff uh, that often referred to as tokens um, on artificial intelligence has more than quadrupled. It's gone almost a five times multiplier. That's massive. That means that, again, the amount of information that could be processed at any moment, at any given time, just continues to exponentially increase. And it's game-changing. It's another reason why we are seeing so much stuff, so many applications, so many different ways of use um, through artificial intelligence. That's one of the reasons that it's moving so quickly. And there's no end in sight to this transformation of the ability of machines to process information faster and at vastly larger sizes than, than ever before. Okay, on to my main topic. Last, last podcast, I said, anybody's got anything they want me to talk about, send me a DM. And I encourage everybody listening to always feel free to do that over on Instagram. I'm Gordon M, but you spell it G-O-R-D-N-M, Gordon M with one O. Um, send me a DM, I check them all. And yeah, if you want me to talk about something, send me a note. And uh, hopefully it's something I feel capable of talking about. So um, hairdresser, educator, listener, um, working professional friend, Mikey Denton, sent me a DM over on IG and he asked me to maybe talk about the difference and the confusion around compensation and, and independence versus working in a more traditional salon, commission, hourly, whatever that might be, but, but the difference between the two. And, um, you know, it's, it's such a fascinating conversation. And, and it's the one I think we struggle with as an industry because there's not good information on this topic out there. So much of it's anecdotal. So much of it for people like me is just stepping way back and looking at the larger trends and seeing if we see patterns that help us. As an example, um, are states that are predominantly booth rental and have been that way for a long time, do they have higher turnover in the industry? Um, my opinion is the answer is yes, by the way, um, having watched it now for 30 some years in a state like California. 
Um, and you can track some of that information by how many license licenses there are, like let's say on a per, uh, per capita basis. So there's all kinds of signs and signals, but we don't have really clear data. And the individual question I think that, that people go through is like, well, what's the best way for me to live my career? What's the best way to, for me to to do what I do every day and maximize my potential, you know, as a professional, but, but also my income potential. And so there's always that kind of question of, um, well, which is better? There's no simple answer to this, you know, different strokes for different folks. And it's a complicated uh, topic and um, there's a lot of subjectivity, you know, in it again, going back to that lack of data. And so um, frustrating, but I would say, you know, really, really importantly, this is about, the big choices that we make in life. And it's, it's a really tough decision depending on where we are in life. You know, if we're new to the profession, as an example, being your own boss, I know historically back in the day when we weren't talking as much about independence, because up until, you know, I would say 15 years or so ago, independence was, it was everywhere, but we talked about it in a big way, uh, mostly for what we were seeing in California and then certain pockets around the country. And so again, the conversation has gotten much, much bigger. But, but back in the day when, when someone said, which was often, um, I want to be my own boss. I want to open my own salon someday. For many of us, it, the key piece of advice was to keep that really important word of someday, you know, top of mind, you know, because that someday should depend on when you're really ready, when you're really able to leverage not only your skills, the craft that you're practicing, but also all the other things that it takes in order to be successful in business, successful in career. Um, it's, it's an apple and an oranges. It's two sides to the same coin. And many professionals are really good at the one side of the coin, which is you know, taking care of their clients, both you know, technically, um, but also with, with your people skills, with your communication skills, your consultation skills, you know, the ability to provide clients with the information they need to make the decisions that you're helping them get through, um, including perhaps styling and styling options or cut and color, but also retail and support and the, the other things that the clients need to execute once they get home. So, but then the other side of the coin, the be your own boss side of the coin, much more complex. Now, again, back in the day before we had apps and before we had tools, the things you needed to do were the same. You had to run your business, right? So you had to be able to find a place to work, take care of the place to work, do all the things that make that possible, whether it's paying the rent and budgeting and you know all the financial aspects of the business that go beyond just the place itself. Um, also, if it was a salon that had people in it, are you able to manage people? Are you as an owner? Um, able to manage customer service in a way that 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 really matters as an owner, which is a little bit different than as a professional, even if you're wearing both hats. There, there, there's a lot to consider. And I think it's just so easy for us to you know, to have these dreams because it's a it that dream can absolutely be a reality and has been for so many people in this industry. But at the same time, for as in all industries, as in all business, self-employment is tough. And the failure rate in America of self-employment is really, really high. And so, you know, we want people to make informed choices, smart choices. And my best advice, even today for anybody who wants to be self-employed is go out and learn the things that you need to learn that you haven't had to do as someone who is employed. And certainly if you're just coming out of school and you've not been employed in the professional industry, not work for anybody, not been in the environment, you know, to really understand all the different types of ways that things work in this industry, then I would take a big step back and, and think hard about what is the right first choice to working yourselves towards your goal, which, which is, you know, ownership. Um, so again, choices, um, 
between a traditional salon, between a rental salon, um, between a suite is some of the choices that we have. I think it's, it's really important to, to think hard about it. There's some math involved um, and understand the, the larger industry. So when you consider everybody, about 20 to somewhere between 20 to 25% of, of, of folks in the industry own salons. And I don't mean suites. I mean, they own a traditional salon, either commission or rental or a hybrid, but they own a salon that people are working in. Um, and those people are typically um, employed or are leasing space within the larger salon or perhaps a combination of both. Those who are like um, renting in, the, in some of those salons, perhaps uh, from an owner or in a suite, today they represent close to 45% of everybody. So when you add those you know, numbers together, that leaves somewhere between 30 and 35% of the industry who are commissioned. And these numbers, they're not guideposts or anything. They're just, they just kind of are. And again, we've seen a growth in independence as suite has, suites have taken hold. And there's so many buildings that are now around the, around the industry because that is one of the big drivers is those facilities are available. My neighborhood in Chicago, 10 years ago, we didn't really talk much about suites. Now they're, they're all around me. And so it's, you know, it, it's really interesting. And again, you know, just thinking about Mikey's question about the difference, um, lots to consider. And I, when I think especially about rental and folks that ask me, like, I'm thinking about going there, what, what should I be thinking about? One is, I think, you know, your career journey, you know, where are you? And, and, you know, again, how confident are you in your skills and knowledge? And if you're really confident, I would have somebody check that with you. Cause sometimes when we don't know everything, we're more confident than we can be, um, Hopefully not the case, but, but it, it, it can happen. Um, I think, again, careers are a journey. And, and there's many points in time along that journey where we can fall out, where we can fail, where we can feel not confident, where all kinds of things can go sideways. And I think often that has a lot to do with the choices that we made that got us to where we are. So again, choices, I think, are really, really important. Great careers take time. Um, and great careers, even if it doesn't time, take time to get great or to become successful, you know, um, great careers tend to be long. You know, they, it's, it's, it's not the short path. And I think, you know, the longer game in, in, in a career is a great game to be playing because then you're leveraging learning from day one till the end of your career. You're thinking about support. That happens in many ways. It could be the people you work with, or if you're working solo, it could be the apps that you use. It could be the neighbors that you choose to be near in your professional life and all that sort of stuff. And, and then, you know, in long careers, there's all the frustrations that, that come and go and, and how we get through them. And so much of that depends on support systems would be my observation across life. Doesn't have to mean doesn't mean you have to be in a traditional salon. Your, your support system includes the people who are outside of the professional lane, your family, your friends, um, perhaps a therapist, perhaps a business coach. You know, there's so many ways that we can kind of craft our lives today, and that's amazing. I think what's most important though is that we're constantly taking an inventory of knowledge, skills, resources, um, insights, um, the bigger picture, and how we understand it. I just think it's it's really really important. And then, you know, kind of looking around the industry and saying, are, are there any benchmarks that help me make some choices? You know, what is the failure rate if someone does what I'm thinking about doing? How high uh, chances are that I'm maybe not going to make it? And being real about it, do I need to put more money in the bank as a perfect example? I think today more than ever, we've learned coming through pandemic that having financial resources, personally and professionally, they really matter. And if things are too tight and we hit a bump in the road in our career, maybe completely external. 
COVID was, you know, the extreme version of that. And we hope we never go through that again. But there's stuff that happens, you know, in in the economy, in in life generally to us, to our families, to those around us, to the towns and cities we live in, you know, disasters and all kinds of stuff, you know, that can have an impact. So really important that we keep certain things in mind. And one of the most important is to understand finances, to kind of use that knowledge proactively and to save, save, save. Many say you, you need at least six months of working capital in the bank at any time. So that means if you're bringing in $10,000 a month, as an example, in service dollars, you ideally need to have five, six times that in the bank. It takes time to get there, but that's kind of the, the secret sauce, you know, financially of, of having, you know, a, a safety net and really, really important. I think also when we think about independence, there's some, some big questions to consider. You know, biggest one is to be a boss or not a boss. And, you know, we have all these memes today about, you know, being a boss, but I think you have to get really real about it. And it's a, it's a, it's a big obligation um, to others if you are owning a salon, um, if you are independent and have assistance or going to bring people with you, still a big obligation to other people. And are, are you ready for that? Have you learned what you need to learn to do that? Um, managing people, managing resources. Again, it takes experience. It takes training. So I think it's really a big one. Also, you know, um, do you want to do you want to pay rent, you know, out of your pocket to have a space to work in, i.e., be self-employed, and then manage that space and work in it? Do you want to do that, or is your preference to simply do your work and get paid? You know, that that's more the commissioner or hourly model, and. That may sound oversimplified, but it's it's a really big and important idea. You know, are you are you do you want to do it a certain way, and are you prepared and and up for it? And if you choose, for example, to be self-employed, that you're yes, I want to pay rent, and yes, I I want to work and potentially work on my own. You know, well, do I do that by way of a chair, or do I go fully independent in a suite? They're both independent, but they're very, very different. One has more opportunities to be social. One has more of an opportunity to be in an environment, you know, surrounded by people, surrounded by noise. You know, um, that's a big idea all by itself. By the way, I was one of those kids who liked to study with 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 a TV on in the background. I wasn't watching it, but I'd be in the same room as the family watching television. And I don't know what it was about that noise. It was kind of like white noise. I wasn't really listening to it, but I found that I studied better. I I I like to be in the noise, if you will. Not crazy noise, but I don't know, something about it makes the work I'm doing um, easier to get through and, and, and also makes the things I'm doing that I need to remember to, to stick with me. Those are important things to know about ourselves. And again, if you want to go fully into a suite, you know, again, different things to consider, important things to consider. You know, so again, all about choices. And, you know, again, responsibility. Whichever, whichever you know, path you take, you, you want to be part of a team, you want to be in a commission environment, uh, perhaps an hourly or salary environment, you, know, you have responsibilities and every business is different and hopefully they're clear and spelling out to you what those are. You might have responsibility for your workspace. You might have responsibility for showing up on time and being there until your, your time is done for the day. You certainly are going to have all kinds of responsibilities to your clients and those are all important things to know and I'm just mentioning some of them. If you decide you want to be you know, self-employed, then your responsibility for the physical space you're in. There might be a cleaning service and other things. You might have to hire the cleaning service. Or perhaps if you're in a suite, maybe it's provided. I'm not sure. But you need to understand that you're, you are renting that space. You are signing a lease. You have responsibility for the space itself. 
for marketing this space, for managing it and yourself, your money, um, your clients, you know, managing how you're are in touch with them, you know, how you work with them. If you're bringing in any other resources, an assistant, a trainee, perhaps a suite mate, all these things add other responsibilities. Your, your third-party resources, your apps and things, you have to manage those. You have to remember to go onto your phone and update your apps. You know? So I think you know, that whole oh, well, is a small thing, but it's not. Um, and then planning, of course, if you're in business for yourself, you should be planning. And, you know, oh boy, um, saving is, is such uh, a big thing, you know, for us to keep in mind. When it comes to, there, there's so much more, you know, in this conversation, you know, this is the short version. I'm going back to Mikey, is one better than the other? Um, it depends on your circumstances and, and having clarity around, especially budgets and, and finances. Every really serious look at these two categories that I've seen is there's, there's not a clear answer, but it kind of usually ends up being very, very similar. It's easy to think that, oh, I'm independent. I get to keep all my own money. And so therefore I'm making better because where I was, they were keeping 50%. But first off, the average salon is, is not profitable or is making maybe five points because out of that other 50%, they have to pay for everything. And what renters, uh, independents, regardless of how you rent, figure out over time is most, if they're not taking cash and not declaring it, if they're being totally above board in everything they do, there's typically not a great difference. Where the difference happens, I think, is as you, you elevate your career and you can get yourself to a, a way higher ticket price than perhaps you were able to do otherwise, or, or there's things about the practice that you do every day in, in your work that allow you to be elevated. But on average, there is not a very big difference. And an example of something that might help with that, I'm going to talk about, for t- about tips for a moment because I think there's always so much confusion about this topic. And it relates to everything I'm talking about because it's actually about math and budgeting and, and just considering money and how it fits into everything. Because again, I think we often get confused, especially when we talk about the traditional salon where an individual is getting a percentage and the business is getting a percentage. What does that all mean? Well, again, big picture, we know historically what it means is that there's a pretty good chance that nobody's getting rich on either side. Um, hopefully the hairdresser is making a good living, one that seems fair, and the salon owner is allowing the business to, to work, you know, to, to be a place where folks can come together as a team and, and work and, and have great lives. But it's not too often that anybody in these scenarios is getting quote unquote rich, but hopefully everybody together is living their best life. More complicated conversation. So let's talk about tips for a second, because I think, you know, again, mathematically, it's, it can be very, very confusing. And so um, I think it's important to think about your average of all your tips. You know, like, what do you get on average as a percentage of service dollars? Because that's kind of the metric people that talk about today. We're hearing more and more that the average tip is about 20% of service dollars. And so, but what does that mean for income? Because that's a, that's a really, really big idea. So what percentage of all my income is tips? And there's a couple of ways to consider this. So, you know, all tips before taxes and wages, um, and, and, you know, just how much are your tips? And, um, and then looking at it from after taxes, you know, point of view, and depending on what you do, that could be radically different. The IRS would say that we don't have a very good track record in, in declaring our tips. And, and by the way, neither do many industry that takes tips. It's just, it is what it is. It has nothing to do with you, the listener. You might be declaring 100%, but I'm going to talk more about what's typical. You know, so it's interesting. So let's say that you have a hundred dollar service and that, that, that your customers are doing 20% on average. So on the service dollars, what the customer is paying for everything that they bought for services, not retail, um, it will be a $20 tip. 
And so now you have, you know, um, $120 that that person has spent. Now, if you're, let's say you're at a 45% commission, um, cause you work in a, in a salon that provides you with commission, then it's $45 would be your commission before taxes. And then $20 would be the tip that takes you to $65 before taxes. There's a good chance that that tip is the taxes are not coming out through the salon. And that has a huge impact on ultimately what you actually make. Um, that $45 typically after a commission, uh, I'm sorry, on commission and taxes taken out is, is closer to $35. And then if you go based, based on industry averages, I'm going to say that $20 tip turns into $18. And so that total is $53. And so $53 total tip and wages after taxes, when you consider the $18 as, as a percentage of 53, that is 34%. What does that mean? 34% of your income is coming from your tips. That is a very big, big number that doesn't get talked about often enough. And kind of, again, speaks to the confusion that we often, too often have when it comes to the math of the industry. And I think it's a really important number and analysis to consider when you're thinking about moving from one business model to another. Um, and I think really, really importantly, I wanna say across every category in this industry, as a person who always has paid every bit of my taxes because I'm a person who's always earned wages and I'm a W-2 person and so it gets taken out and I file my taxes and I pretty much pay it all. We all do what we can to minimize our taxes, but for some of us, there's not too much we can do. And if we're in that kind of traditional model, we can't hide anything. And I would just say to everybody, as an American citizen, we got to pay our taxes, uh, all of us. Um, the roads that we drive on, you know, the, 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 the people who take care of us, you know, the, the, whether it's the paramedics, the hospitals, you know, uh, the police force, I mean, on and on, the national defense system, all of it, it's supported by taxpayers. And without taxpayers, all of us doing our fair share, that becomes problematic. So encourage everybody to pay your tips. Big conversation today. Uh, I could go on and on. I need to stop. And um, But I, I hope you'll ponder this seriously. I hope to come back to it again, uh, perhaps with a guest over on the BeautyCast Network podcast, my Sunday podcast, Mastering Beauty. Um, stay tuned for that as well. Um, I am out of time. And I'm going to wrap up here and say um, that if you like what you heard today, I encourage you to visit me over at socialbeautymakers.com. That is socialbeautymakers.com and sign up for my free newsletter for more content and early access to this podcast. I would also appreciate a rating, review, um, subscribe, and best yet, share it, pay it forward, um, let others find this podcast. And the more we do that, the more um, that we are found, uh, discovered. And, and that's a big idea for those of us who are in the podcast space. And um, yeah, lastly, um, thank you as always for tuning in. Uh, to wrap it up, I will say once again that I'm Gordon Miller and I cannot wait to share more with you next time. Mm -hmm.